We continue our prospect spotlights with a potential top five pick in the 2024 NHL draft. We'll break down Caden Lindstrom's game on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, known by Sebastian High, and on today's show, we'll be breaking down Caden Lindstrom's game in detail. We'll do a deep dive into the way he plays. In our first segment, we'll talk about his puck skills, uh, how they project, and uh, how good they are overall. Then in our second segment, we'll talk about the toolkit and habits. And in our third segment, as usual, we'll talk about the NHL projection and what team would be the best best fit. Uh, but before I get into any of that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, leave us a rating review and make you, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. So let's get started here with Caden Lynch. Talk me through um, his size, his handedness, and uh, what type of game he plays, just in, in brief summary. Yeah, for sure. Caden Lindstrom is a massive centerman. He is six foot four, 216 pounds. He's left shot. He's a February 3rd, 06 birthday, so very average age for the draft class. And he's been kind of ranked all over inside the top 10 uh, from most of the outlets that uh, Elite Prospects has uh, has listed here. Like for us at Dubber Prospects in our first ranking of the season back in November, he finished at 8th. He's going to be rising up uh, on, our, on our next ranking. And he is a fascinating player. He's incredibly powerful. He plays with tremendous physicality, but it's not the center point of his game. He is really, really skilled, really, really intelligent. That is, those are the, the, the tools and the facets of his game that really bring the value. It's not coming, stemming from the physicality. It's just one component of how he plays effective hockey. And he's a very complex player. Like, like a lot of nuance in his game, a lot of really, really impressive strengths, but also some weaknesses. So what have you seen so far uh, in terms of his puck skills overall this season? Yeah, for sure. I think we can start with the handling. And for me personally, I include I include catching pucks in the handling toolkit. So for me, you know, stick handling isn't just, you know, the ability, the player's ability to deke, to go from, you know, stick handling to shooting, that kind of stuff. It's also the ability to catch pucks in motion. And I can't name you a better player in this draft at catching pucks in motion than Caden Lindstrom. Pucks just stick to his, to his stick. They just... It's, it's like he's got just a magnetic uh, pull on the puck whenever he gets it. And, you know, he can he can catch a stretch rim pass from a defenseman that's bobbling all over the place while skating and, you know, in, uh, past the blue line. He'll just catch it on his stick with one hand, even if the puck's on its edge, doesn't matter. He's just so, so good at catching pucks in transition. And that makes him so effective because he barely has to look down. Like he'll he'll take a quick look behind him to see where the pass is coming, but then he'll, he'll just anticipate where it's going to land and just puts a stick right where it needs to be, intercepts the puck and just 
gets in on on you know in offenses on transitions. He's really really good um, at that particular element of his game. So I'd give his handling a good seven and a half eight because the deking is decent, um, definitely above average, but not you know by a wide margin. But what brings that ranking up is definitely definitely um, the ability to catch pucks. Like his his stick is just it's glue for pucks. It's it's amazing to watch. Um, but yeah, how do you rank his shot? I, I've seen it all over the place. Like people, people are high on it. People are people are low on it. Like, is it a lack of consistency? What's going on with the shot? I I'm a big fan of his shot. I think he's very very effective in leveraging that tool and wringing every single ounce of value out of it. It's yeah. not the same caliber as other players in this draft class. He's not as good of a shooter as Macklin Celebrini, for instance, or Cole Iserman, or whatever other snipers you want to pick here. But he gets to high danger areas really consistently, and his ability to get pucks off and decent releases off in tight under pressure is really key to his goal scoring game. Uh, he's really, really effective when pressured. He can create space for himself using his physicality, using his reach, using his puck protection tools. He's really effective in getting the most out of his opportunities. But I, I'm not of the mind that it entirely comes out of like the potency of the release itself. I think it's a lot more supported by the surrounding cast of tools. Yeah, and I think that includes uh, the ability to catch pucks because hugely, he, yes, he, he yeah. does not need a clean pass to get a shot off. He really doesn't, oh, no. which is really interesting as a part of his game. So, um, I, I'd give a shot a good seven, uh, six and a half, maybe. Um, so it's above average six for, and a half for me, probably. Yeah, like above average for NHL projection, but not anything wild or, or massive. Um, but yeah, let's get to his playmaking now. I think his playmaking is an area of his game that people often underestimate. I think that you can't give Aiden Lindstrom too many pass options. You have to close him off. And yeah, how do you see that projecting NHL-wise? Like, what, Are we talking about a bona fide playmaker, a guy who's going to lean playmaking hard, or is this the type of guy who's, you know, how, how does this stand compared to the rest of his tools, and can he make it a staple of his game? I think... Whether he becomes a playmaker or goal scorer is going to be very much up to the, whichever team that drafts him, because I think that there are really, really easy ways to mold his current toolkit into either direction. I yeah. think he'd be at his best if he's kind of kept as a dual threat. Like, I like him at, at his most. I think he's most dangerous offensively when he's really able to deceive opponents by what his choices is go are going to be, because he is dangerous in both facets. I've really liked his ability to use his reach, use his strength to access the different passing lanes he's been integrating a lot more slip and hook passes in in, in viewings as the seasons progress which i just did not see at all in him last season or even over the summertime in yeah. in the linka tournament but it has been really growing at the whl level this season and playing with a player like andrew basha i think has really helped him in, in that sense too because he has this incredibly quick and also very intelligent and skilled uh winger on his line and uh he can he's, he's really learning how to spring him into space and allowing him to use his tools to really push back defenses which of course creates a lot more opening for Lindstrom himself and he's been learning to access uh those those rushes through a more complex variety of uh of passing tools as the season's gone on like I think that as of right now he's a stronger goal scorer than he is a playmaker but yeah. I think that his passing tools are a bit stronger than his goals and his shooting tools but I think that he's at, at least at this stage in his career he's a lot more comfortable in applying his wide array of toolkit which we're going to really delve into in the next segment to really create those advantages for himself as a goal scorer I think he's a lot 
it falls more naturally to him uh, at this stage. But I think there might be more upside in the playmaking game long term. I do agree with that. Uh, I, I think that the playmaking game has a lot of upside, and it's it's one very particular detail that I've noticed in this game. He directs teammates to specific areas with his body positioning, with his with his setups for passes. Um, he basically he controls players non-verbally just by kind of kind of showing them where he wants them to go with his body positioning and, and the way that he releases his pass. So that's one element of his game that I think he can expand on massively and make him make it a really, really good tool in his game. Um, as he stands right now, it gives his playmaking probably a six, but I think it can get up to a seven with the right development. Um, because, you know, he right. does have a decent array of passes. I just don't think he uses the right passes in the right scenarios all the time. But one thing he does consistently is force his teammates into specific lanes that are the most yeah. beneficial. So his hockey sense really stands out in that sense. I think the hockey sense definitely uplifts the playmaking game. Um, Hugely. Like, yeah. I, I will also just add one more thing uh, for, for listeners. Our grading scale, it goes from a 1 to a 10. 10 is really reserved for the ultimate elite tools like Connor Bedard's shot, Ivan Demidov's puck handling, uh, Connor McDavid's skating ability, so on and yeah. so forth. And five represents kind of middle of the pack NHL projection. I uh, think third line winger, number four defenseman. Uh, and yeah. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave that uh, that that scale in the description for, for these episodes, just because we're going to be throwing out a bunch of numbers. And I think that people might be interested in uh, understanding where, they, where those are coming from. Absolutely. Yeah. But that wraps things up for our first segment where we talk about the tools uh, in terms of puck skills. Now we'll get it more a bit, a bit more into the toolkit. So how specific elements of their game of the player's game uplifts their tools. Uh, and we'll also talk about uh, the habits in Kaden Lindstrom's game and how they shape the way he plays. We'll get into that after these messages from our sponsors over at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and much more. I know I personally am always a very big fan of single-game parlays, especially when I'm going to a game live and just want to inject the experience with a little bit more excitement. I always like to select a very, very specific few uh, bets in there to to really improve my chances. And uh, I like to think about it and I nerd out about sports stuff like this. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NBA. All right. So in our second segment, we'll be talking about Caden Lindstrom's overall toolkit and the habits in his game and how they uplift his uh, abilities overall. Uh, when we talk about toolkit, what we really meant, what we, what we really mean is the interaction between tools, how they uplift each other, how they help each other out in terms of the overall product on the ice. And I think it really starts with the frame with Caden Lindstrom. Um, I think his frame helps out his game a lot. And th this is not just a big boy who likes to hit. He obviously loves to hit. He's at about, he, he averages about three and a half hits uh, per game right now in the WHL, which for the dub is a lot. Like the WHL, you know, you'll see some hits, but not as much as in the NHL. So in terms of numbers, like Caden Lindstrom's up there for hits. Um, but that's not all he does. I think his frame helps him out the most in terms of his ability to leverage it. He uses skating really, really well. And the skating for me, 
it's a good six and a half, seven. It's, it's a well above average tool. Um, I really like the crossover usage. I really like the puck protection mechanics, how he uses his edges uh, along the boards and in puck battles, and especially when driving the net. So his frame really helps him uh, in terms of taking the tools he already has and bringing them up to a level where he's basically unstoppable when he's driving the net, right? He really is like he is a power forward to the core, yeah. and I, I think that, that like this is a player that has just really floored a lot of scouts this season, and just how how impressive the toolkit itself is, how all of his tools interact, as you were mentioning, like it is really exceptional. He is really, really big, incredibly strong, can be quite violent, uses his size to push opponents away from himself to protect possession. On the defensive side of the puck, he uses that to overwhelm puck carriers and try to force turnovers. He knows that his size is a massive tool and he uses it, but it's not what makes him special. Like the skill and the intelligence, the creativity are all real core components to how he plays the game. And he knows that his physicality and strength can actually enable those tools and can enable puck, uh, net drives with the puck on his stick, where even when he doesn't necessarily get a high danger scoring shot off himself from it, it creates chaos and it allows his line mates to, to come and get in on the action and try to force the puck into the back of the net. He really, really likes to, to layer his tools on, on top of one another. And I think that's one of the big things that kind of led to his meteoric rise up the rankings in like what, like between October and December, where we saw him go from like a fringe, like top 15 guy to like a almost consensus top five, top seven potential player. And uh, yeah, he, he's been he's been really impressive. I think for the skating itself, I've been a little bit more skeptical, uh, but I also haven't watched as much as, as of him as you have. I think my my viewings were perhaps a little bit more staggered towards the beginning of the season. And I have seen a big progression on him on his front in terms of becoming a lot more fluid on his feet and really being able to layer his, his puck handling ability in with how he moves his feet and how he thinks the game. There's been a lot more cohesion in those three facets as the season's progressed. Whereas like earlier this season, it was a lot more awkward uh, in, in terms yeah. of like, in terms, in terms of the, the movement on the ice, which is of course to be expected in, in a 17 year old player who's like six foot four and over well over 200 pounds. But mm -hmm. that progression this season has impressed me, but I've only seen a little bit of it because of how my, my viewings were, were staggered. For sure. I, I think the skating's definitely improved over the season. He's gotten a lot more fleet footed and for a big guy to be able to, to accelerate really well the way that he does, the way he's able to separate and transition as well has been really, really great. Um, but what's really impressive with Lindstrom is once he gets to his top speed, um, he can slow down and speed it back up pretty well. So he's not the type of player who, you know, has a long runway in order to, you know, get to his top speed. And once he's there, that's the only gear he has. He's a player who has quick enough feet that he can, you know, slow down and accelerate back up and get back to that top speed. So it's a pretty interesting part of his game. But I think the major part of his game that really makes everything tick, I think it's equal parts toolkit and habit, and it's his anticipation. It's a three-faceted anticipation. It's anticipation of the puck, anticipation of his opponents, and anticipation of his teammates. He reads play extremely well. He can basically predict what the puck's going to do. If, if there's a puck being rimmed up the boards in his defensive zone, and the defenseman's ready to collect it, he can almost predict if the puck's going to bobble on him and he's going to get a shot at, a, at an offensive transition the other way. 
Um, there's a predictive element to his game that's really, really polished and refined. Um, he has a tremendous read for the game and consistently, consistently hits teammates in the right in the right areas and reads. Uh, for example, if there's a defenseman hopping in the rush, if you know he's got a forward on his back trailing him, uh, back checking, giving him back pressure, he reads all of this really quickly and really accurately, which is, I think, the best element of his game. For me, his hockey sense gets a good seven and a half, eight. I think that's a really, really big element of his game. Outside of his physicality, for me, in terms of, of everything that has to do with playing the puck, that's the best part of his game, right? I fully agree. I think the hockey sense has, has been like by far the most the thing that I've been most impressed with in my viewings, and yeah. it also goes in tandem with how he's able to layer all of his tools together. Like he understands exactly how to solve problems, and that comes down to a really really quick processing, as he mentioned, and that incredible anticipation. Like it really is what allows his entire game to tick. And without that, he'd be far less efficient, far less effective, far less consistently dangerous. Yeah. But it's also what's allowing him to. So quickly, he's a really quick learner, and a lot of that comes down to just how intuitively he thinks the game. And uh, yeah, it's been a massive strength in my viewings too, for sure. And I think another part of his habits that I really like, particularly, is uh, how he works the off puck game. Uh, he's a player who consistently stops at the net, who consistently puts in second and third efforts on the back check, on the four check, um, consistently finds ways to get to get touches in good areas just by positioning himself preemptively but also not rushing into open ice he'll hit pockets with the right timing um he'll he understands really well when and how to hit those pockets in order to maximize his chances of putting the buck the puck in the back of the net or to make a positive play and those are elements in this game that you know a lot of a lot of players usually learn this, especially players this size that have this competitive advantage that he does. They usually learn this at 23, 24. Um, it takes some time to get that up to an NHL level. But, you know, with Lindstrom, it's clearly been a part of his game from the get-go. And combine that with his size already, this is a player who has a really solid chance of having an NHL impact. If not if not next year, the year after. I don't think it's going to take him long to become a bona fide NHL, right? I agree. I think that uh, the way that he thinks the game is really what makes him so projectable and also is like in a very short time span. Like this is a player that I personally have ranked third overall on my personal board and uh, a big facet of that has been just his maturity in how he thinks the game. It is incredibly NHL-like in how he approaches the game and how he thinks it, how quickly he's able to adapt, how he has plans set in his rushes, but he abandons them as mm. soon as they they, they hit the fan and he can improvise like he is he he plans rushes but he is also a really capable improviser and that adaptability is just so key to his offensive game that whatever yeah. happens and chaos is core in hockey like half of the game is just chaos so it's also yeah. it's about how you're able to respond to that chaos and Lindstrom is certainly one of the best players in this draft class at doing just that Absolutely. And by the way, stat line wise, 46 points in 32 games, 27 goals. Uh, so he's putting he's racking up points in the WHL right now for the Medicine Hat Tigers, but he's injured right now, but he's set to come back in the next week or two. So we'll see some more Keenan Lindstrom fairly soon. Uh, and yeah, overall just has consistently been the best player in Medicine Hat um, on a nightly basis. Like it's, which is, you know, saying yeah. something on a team with Gavin McKenna, Andrew Basha, and a couple other really, really good players. 
yeah that's absolutely great and yeah it's just been so fun to watch every game and again there's so much to love about his toolkit and habits overall um and yeah just just we're both big fans of his game he's really amazing absolutely but we'll get uh, we'll get more into the projection and also what team would be the best fit for Caden lindstrom uh in our third segment after these messages from sponsors over at sleeper It's almost the halfway point of the NHL season, but you can still get in on the action with Sleeper. Sleeper is our number one choice at the Locked On NHL Podcast Network for your daily fantasy hockey needs. That's because to win 100 times your money on Sleeper, all you need to do is to correctly predict the outcome of eight specific player stats. And you can get super creative with that, whether you want to play it safe by betting on the stars of the league, putting up points as they always do, whether it be Nathan McKinnon, Nikita Kucherov, or I don't know, Connor McDavid. He's not bad at hockey either. Or if you want to do it with the young players in the league, the ones that might be a bit riskier to take those bets on, but uh, can be very fun and is certainly within the theme of this podcast. And Zach Benson would come to mind, Connor Bedard, all of the rookies in the NHL right now, Brock Faber, uh, defensive king. The choice is yours with Sleeper. So use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Alrighty, so let's close things off on Caden Lynch from here by talking first and foremost about his projection at the NHL level, what type of style we project him to play, how many points he's probably going to put up, uh, and where he plays in the lineup. And then we'll talk about which team would be the best fit. So let's start here with the projection. For me, Caden Lindstrom, I... I don't know about a point per game unless he's on a on a team that's really well that surrounds him really well with stars. Um, but I think it's safe to say that a tiny bit less than a point per game would be a realistic projection for Lindstrom, right? Yeah, I think I might, might be a little bit more optimistic with the overall offensive toolkit with him. I think yeah. that ninety point upside is within the range of possibilities, and of course that depends on on where he lands. And I already have one destination in mind where I think that he would be well surrounded enough that that would be quite possible. And I'm sure we'll, we'll jump into just how nice the fit is with the Montreal Canadiens towards the end of the <laughs> segment. Uh, but yeah, he, he he's he, he's fantastic offensively, but he lacks the like elite elite level offensive production tools that would scream like 90 100 110 point upside but he is just such a possession based player as well and he creates advantages whenever he's on the ice he can play in every situation he can play defensively he can do a whole host of things i think that seeing him as like a two-way power forward center that can score goals and create chances and play on both special teams units is entirely within the scope of possibilities here like i think there's a higher chance that he ends up playing like 21 minutes a night than of him consistently hitting 90 points but he's going to make a really big impact no matter what absolutely i think that he's definitely had he definitely has a top six upside and i think you know depending on the team he could play on a top line like we were talking about montreal i think if he ends up in montreal it's it's a safe bet to say that he's probably going to be playing on on a top line um yeah it obviously depends on you know how good that that slavkovsky suzuki caulfield line ends up being but if you if you manage to get some stars in there and have that line be your second line i think Caden lindstrom would be a really good first line center but I think it's interchangeable. Uh, overall, I think that the more safe projection, I think the floor for me with Lindstrom is a second line center. 
yeah. I think that that's fairly realistic. Like his floor is really, really high because of the the combination of awareness and frame. Like it's a it's a it's a combination you don't always see. Usually, big players lack an awareness because they never really have to think the game at an advanced level. They can just power through guys. Uh, but Lindstrom is is an exception in that sense. And yeah. you know, it it's. Do we say the U word? I don't know if we should say the U word regarding Kaden Lindstrom. I, I, I don't. I don't, I don't know if he's there. Think we have to be very careful with the U word on this podcast, and we're gonna yeah. obviously keep it for the Yesse Polkinen episode coming up in a couple <laughs> weeks. Um, but you've got to be careful with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can't have five unicorns a draft. That's not how unicorns <laughs> work. It's just not. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think that Lindstrom brings a very unique skill set. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say you know. If you're a team, especially let's say if Anaheim or especially Chicago picks him up, like he's almost definitely going to be Chicago would be gross. That would be not fair. Like you guys have enough centers. Like leave some for the rest of the league. It's it's okay. Like you don't need to. They're, they're not Pokemon cards. Like just leave some for the or rest. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just just leave some guys for the rest of us. But yeah, overall, I think that Lindstrom almost definitely ends up being a two C. But if he plays on a team that. You know, if he can, he can play a, as a complementary first liner. I think that's a realistic projection. Um, but in terms of fits, like obviously we've talked about Montreal, um, fits well within what they like in players. So I think if he's available where they're picking, it's it's an easy bet. Um, yeah. But overall, I mean, other than Montreal, you know, in terms of the teams that are in this range, um, obviously San Jose is a, is, a, is a conversation to be had. I think a combination of Lindstrom with Eklund would be a great, great combination of tools. William yeah. Eklund is really good at finding players in open space and Katie Lindstrom consistently finds open space and works his way to it. Um, and Eklund's also really good at being kind of the second wave off of offensive transitions. Yeah. So if Lindstrom's just driving the net constantly using his frame to get inside and, and, and get rebounds for Eklund to kind of wait back and, and jump on them, that would be a great combination of skills as well. But any other teams that come to mind for you? I mean, Chicago, which pains me to say, but yeah. he would entirely fit their needs, right? Like, he, 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 of course, he's a centerman and they have enough centers, but in terms of style, the centers that, that Chicago currently has are highly intelligent, but they're all very much like undersized, like really like like small area skill type players, right? Like Conor Bedard and Oliver Moore and Frank Nazar all fall into that type of boat. And Caden Lindstrom would add a power forward to that mix where he also thinks the game in a relatively similar way to those players. I think he would fit in really seamlessly in terms of how they process the game and how he like would fit in playing with them on a consistent night, night in night out basis. Also yeah. playing with Connor Bedard is one of the easier tasks in the league. So it doesn't really matter who you are. If you're playing with Bedard, you can probably put up a decent amount of points, but Lindstrom would really add to what Chicago has been looking to add to their cupboards. And while they might likely be going defense this season uh with their with their draft pick if Lindstrom's available he would be a fantastic fit yeah for sure um I want to throw one last team name out there the Ottawa Senators yeah oh they would love him they would oh, yeah. adore him oh yeah yes. and right now they're set to be drafting before the Canadians so I I I'm fairly that's, sure that's... yeah like that's yeah. by the way that that team like there, something's going on there. It should not like, be that low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah it's, 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 like the roster is well built, weirdly, yeah. which is not what usually is the case in Ottawa. But it's just Absolutely. not working this season. But 
you're, you're totally right. Like adding an element of power and skill and intelligence to what Ottawa already has is exactly what they need for their forward. Yeah, player. absolutely. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, him being a complimentary player on the first line. I think Tim, Tim Stutzla would, would make, would do wonders for Caden Lindstrom's game. I think that those two together would be really, really, really good. Um, Stutzla would obviously mainly handle the transition elements and probably dish off the puck at the offensive blue line to Lindstrom. Yeah. So he can just go on a net drive, but Overall, I think that there's a there's a complementary element there as well, and obviously it depends on how long Clojio stays there as well. Um, and you know, there's there's a lot of moving parts there in Ottawa, and we don't really know what they're really going to be doing from here until the trade deadline. Um, yeah. I, I I think the management still believe in Ottawa's ability to become a contender. Um, I'm just curious as to how they're not with a roster like this, but I think adding Kane and Lindstrom to this would just, oh my goodness, that would be so good for them. Um, it, it would be a ton of fun. They, they do need defense. I mean, the defense this season has not been very good, despite yeah. having a lot of some, like, some really, really good players in that defensive core. So yeah. perhaps it would not be addressing the current needs of that team, but in terms of the long-term needs, Jake Sanderson's already a really, really solid He's going to be a monster. For a long yeah. Time. And uh, if you have the opportunity to, to add Caden Lindstrom, Sure, you need you need defense right now, but when you have the option at Caden Lindstrom, if he's on the, if he's on the table and uh, and Ottawa's on the board, I would be pretty surprised if they passed on him because he just is exactly the solid player that that, that organization and also For that sure. city would really appreciate. Absolutely, and I think Buffalo is in exactly the same boat. They're set on offensive players, but Caden Lindstrom is a really good piece to add if you can. But both of them really need defensemen. I think with both of them, they, I mean, the right-handed side of things is also like a big issue. So yeah, I, I think that in both cases, adding a right-handed D will take priority. But I mean, I, I would understand if either one of them would go for Caden uh, Lindstrom. But that wraps things up for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next and which prospect you're curious to hear about on this series. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, please leave a rate and review. It helps the channel out a lot. Make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today. They got all your news and updates about what's going on around sports. And make sure to tune in for our next show as we continue our prospect spotlights for the month of February. This has been Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time.